if I go, yeah, it's pretty echoey. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 64 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the robotic bit slinger. I'm Seth. Oh, that was good. Right? Yeah. I don't even have a title anymore. It's it, gone. got demoted. I'm Carol. I'm PR. And, <laughs> and today uh, is September 20th, 2016. <laughs> and before we get started, we have a warning. Anything that happened on the show, there's going to be profanity. Uh, definitely guaranteed on that. So mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. get out. Stop listening. Let's get started. I think they we can swear. We gave them plenty of time. All right, guys. We got some. uh, (laughs) We got some news. Let's first talk about where we're podcasting from. We're podcasting from the storage room (laughs) in my basement. When you put it like that, it sounds like less of an upgrade. (laughs) We upgraded our podcast setup to a giant echo chamber. Yeah. it's so cozy. Yes. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we're in the process of, we, we sort of, we, we, what do you call it? We uh, set up a, like a bed fort situation yeah. in the corner. Oh, it's not this, inaccurate. We call <laughs> this like, like a bed fort. Where are all the pillows? We need mountains of pillows. Yeah. Oh, Those that sense. would help for the sound dampening. Yeah, yeah so we just, we just kind of took oh, over yeah. this corner of the storage room and we got a card table. And a bunch of ten dollar chairs. Yeah, Walmart. So, so we are, we are, our our butts are just. It's like sitting on a cloud. I'm just saying. <laughs> if all of our butts aren't completely numb by the end of this hour, I'm gonna be shocked. It's a really aggressive hard I'm cloud. Just, I'm enjoying the fact that my chair has a back on it because mm. normally three of us are sitting on, or I guess two of us at least are on stools, cardboard stools. Yeah, it's weird. In a lot of ways, we have upgraded <laughs> our, our setup. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be working over time on getting some sound dampening foam mm-hmm. nailed to the walls. We have a, what you call maybe a minimum viable product set up for today. <laughs> there's there's two curtains hanging up. Yeah, it's not really blocking any space. It especially helps, how small they especially are. helps if you move the definition of viable just down yeah, real just far. Yeah. Throw the bar in the sand. It's the perfect location for D&D, though. It feels really... It is. Dungeony? Yes. Dungeony (laughs) and just exactly where you would imagine a D&D session. True. We'll just need a second card table, probably, or something. Yeah. To fit fit all the chaos that would happen (laughs) during D&D. Can we talk about the construction of this? So we came in this morning and started building it. And Seth was like, we should wait for Andy to get here because Andy knows how to build We're going to fuck it up. And Andy wouldn't. And sure enough, so we start... Andy comes in, we tell him what we're going to do, and like half of it's good, and then we talk about how we're going to, how our plan is for hanging up these uh, curtains, which basically just to nail them into the ceiling. (laughs) 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 You know, when you put it like that, again, it doesn't sound like a graceful solution. Yeah, it's not super elegant. (laughs) As I'm looking up there, I can just see nails poking through the ceiling. Yeah, so, you know, that's what, there's already tons of nails up there. (laughs) That's how people build stuff. We ended up, uh, we did hang one, essentially, with a little little uh, picture hangers and popped some holes through top of it. But the other one, uh, we we're trying to figure out what to do because it's sort of trapped between some air ducts and there's not really a lot of, you know, viable nailing space in steel air ducts. We don't want to poke holes in Seth's air conditioning system. I mean, <laughs> I guess. So I was like, oh man, I don't know what to do about this. And then Andy goes, wait. And then he reached down and we have that mini arcade cabinet, the foam one that he made a few weeks ago, just laying on the ground and he cracks it open and reaches inside and pulls out this, uh, this like spool of string <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> hey, he's like, I got 15 yards of string yeah. we can use. <laughs> and then he attaches it to a yardstick and slides it through 
the curtain. So now we have actually so a little string. You threaded the needle <laughs> to make a, a legit curtain out of it. And then while I was getting the first nail put in or getting the first hanger put in, I look over and he hands me the string to get it set up. And it's got, he built in like a bunch of different loops while I was nailing into the string. Yep. So I could pick which one, like a belt, you know, which loop to put it on to get the appropriate tightness to get the curtain up. Oh my God. Like what? Yeah. What is this wizardry? Um, that's why I was like, we should wait. We should wait for Andy. We got to set our egos aside. Yeah. <laughs> Just let Andy handle this situation. I feel like I made the joke last week that we we brought him on the team as just our general contractor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's killing it. Yeah, it's really amazing. He just built all kinds of amazing stuff. Yeah, so hopefully the space isn't terribly echoey for this week. We'll be we're, we'll be working on it. It's it's a work in progress. Also, is the computer yeah, making our, our equip, Yeah, our equipment either the computer or the audio box sounds like a jet engine right now. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. It's I about guess, to take off. I guess we'll see if it survives the podcast. We're probably going to get yelled at by Fat Bard after he edits. Yeah, he yells at Why did you guys just suddenly move into an echo chamber without consulting? <laughs> yeah, every time, we, uh, every time we record, Fat Bard comes over and just hits all of us in the face. Yep. Just once. <laughs> How dare you? Next week, we're going to record from an airplane hanging <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, oh, you guys. There's an F5 tornado that I hear is coming into town, so we're going to set up shop outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, just inside, inside the tornado. The tornado. <laughs> Oh, great sound, great sound. We'll be like, you can just handle that in post, right? You can just <laughs> cut out the tor- the whole tornado. The sound magician. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also we're going to Expo this week. Yeah. Well, some of us. Some, some of us. I was going to go, but then every time I go, I get sick for about three to six weeks. Because your getting married immune and, system. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm getting married in a little bit. Yeah. No, that wasn't so that wasn't bad, an yeah. insult from Carol. That was just a description <laughs> of Sam's immune yeah. system, hey. which is <laughs> that it's infant. like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fresh. It is true fresh. Brand brand spanking new. Well, I didn't actually understand this until Adam pointed out. Cause you what is that for real? It sounds like a jet engine. What is <laughs> I don't know what Which it is. Which thing is making that noise? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's because there's no <laughs> circulation in here. Oh God. Anyways, I so, bet nobody can even hear it, and that we're just sound like crazy people. Probably, just, yeah. probably. hopefully, yeah. There's anyway, a, there's carry a screaming on. blow dryer. But anyway, carrying uh, about your immune system. So Adam pointed out, and I, because my thought was always, okay, I'm getting someone else's immune system, so it's going to come with their goodies. immunity, right? Yeah. And Adam was like, well, you're getting all their stem cells, yeah, and the stem cells don't have the immunity. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. And then I was like, oh, that's why mm-hmm. you suddenly have to get all your shots, and why you generally feel like, well, they keep on reiterating this thing, like you're essentially a toddler again for, yep. well, I guess, just starting over. So Every time you go to school, you're going to come back with a snotty nose. That's and true. sticky hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what's happening, yeah. Gross. Sam is perpetually covered in I'm Cheeto just, powder. Oh, <laughs> Cheetos are my vice. Yeah, what, when we were, we were playing, we played a game last week called Secret Hitler. Oh my God, this was incredible. Which is a game where one of you is Hitler- and nobody knows which one. Well, somebody does. Yeah. Hitler knows. And the other fascist knows yeah. who's Hitler. But nobody else knows. It's a game like Werewolf or yeah. Mafia, if anybody's played. But the game features these envelopes that contain secret information <laughs> about the players. And Sam... Che- got my Cheeto fingers. He, he Cheeto grease dusted <laughs> all over one of the envelopes. It so was, now everybody knew which one was which. It was a brand new copy. We just opened the cellophane. Sam was like, let me just, hold on, let me get out my Cheeto bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
gonna taint this uh, new game. One, one time you came over to my apartment to play video games, and I have so a I white PS4 thing? with white controllers, and you're like, I brought Cheetos! And I was like, you do not, we are not playing oh God. I didn't realize this was like a common theme, and was been complaining about it on the back. So you're like the damn Cheeto You're fingers. like the Johnny Appleseed of Cheeto dust. I wish Cheetos grew in the ground. My yeah. God. Yeah. My lawn would be a it would be, forest. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be weeding a lot, probably. <laughs> and a, with a marshmallow marsh. You guys would come over, I'd just be covered in Cheeto dust. Face <laughs> covered. Like, what, what have you been doing? Farming Cheetos. Farming them Cheetos. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Expo uh, is a it's in it's a convention. Is it? It's either called Expo or XPO. I think it's XPO. It's all caps, spelled XPO. Yeah, there's no periods or anything, so it's hard to parse. It's the first year it's happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it's yeah. sponsored by Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> uh, it's sponsored by the, the Tulsa only. Tourism Foundation. So Super they're, cool. they're like putting a lot of effort into making it a really, really rad convention. So I'm excited to see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's in Tulsa, and we're going to be there starting Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll land Thursday. We'll set up. We'll have stuff to time to kill. So if anybody wants to meet up and hang out, uh, we're not planning a fan meetup the way that we did for PAX, just because we figure there there was only like five people who showed up for the PAX one, yeah. and, so, <laughs> and that was like an event with seventy thousand people. So yeah, we figured, Seattle. Uh, Although, actually, ninety eight percent of our players are in Tulsa. I don't know if you guys knew this. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So maybe we'll you get, know, maybe we'll get six people. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a bigger <laughs> we'll get a bigger turnout. But yeah, if you're gonna be there, tweet us. There's also a, a thread in the forums of just trying to find out if folks are going to be there. If you'll be there, let us know, and we can keep an eye out for you. And do some high-fiving. Do some high-fiving, give you some butterscotch candies. And you should attend the convention because we are going to have some people on panels. Yeah. We're going to have some talks. Adam and I are giving a talk about... <laughs> something. Oh, wait. It's about <laughs> how to get into game dev. Yes. You guys are selling this very poorly. We have, yeah. <laughs> we have so much shit going on. It's a 20-minute talk on Sunday about how, how B-Scotch got started and mm-hmm. the kind of the process by which one could go to become an indie dev. Yeah. Yeah. We're not guaranteed to be on any other panels, but I told them to let us know because we all really like hearing the sounds of our own voices. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exhibit A, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Plus, there's, so uh, there's, we have a booth as well. Yep. There, so you can swing by our booth anyway, and you can meet Andy. This is the first time yeah, we've ever brought contractor. Andy out into public. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yep. true. No, we actually we took him to the science center. I take that back. Yeah. Well, I guess the greater public, greater the out into the public. world. This is our this is the is this the final stage of our worldish tour? No, well, I guess no. no, right? No, so we uh, worldish tour continues. Here in St. Louis after that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Pixel Pop. Mm Because we're doing Pixel Pop. We're going to be speaking, and we may be showing for one of the two days. It kind of depends on how we can finagle that. Uh, because you're getting married that weekend. Yeah, I got some stuff going on. And so a lot that of that entire are- weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a party. It's, it's like a 46. I think hour after wedding. nearly dying a bunch of times, I get to have maybe maybe two or three days. You should to celebrate. You should do whatever you want. Do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And then after Pixel Pop, where I'm giving, I'm going to be on a bunch of panels. I'm giving a talk. Seth's going to be giving a talk. Adam might be on a panel or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, we'll be showing. And then Seth and Adam are going to Seattle again for Steam the Dev next Days. Dev days. The next day. Yeah. It is literally the next oh, day. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. It's on Monday? <laughs> yeah, it's on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So Pixel Pop. So Sam's wedding and Pixel Pop end simultaneously, and then we go to sleep for like an hour, 
And then we go to Seattle. <laughs> we go to Seattle again because we were just there two weeks ago. And we might also be going somewhere else for a secret thing. Yeah, yeah for one day after. Yeah. Which is it's also in super, essentially Seattle. Totally so. secret. Super secret. <laughs> and then I'm going to IndieCade in LA. Yep, that's that weekend. That's that which is that weekend. Time, yeah. yeah. So things are busy. The, yeah. There's a few things happening. Um, we just really like flying. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, if we're, you know, we're, we're still trying to make some progress on other stuff, uh, working on B-Scotch ID updates. We've got, mm-hmm. we got to update all the older games as well. So we have some stuff, some fixes and stuff coming down the pipe for those. Yeah. We haven't updated them for a while. So to no one's surprise, that means they're all about to break. Yep. They're because right updates on the to verge. operating systems and storefronts. Yeah. On October 17th, they will all break <laughs> unless we have it fixed by Everything then. Everything will disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. Actually, last Friday, we posted a really cool before and after picture of an example of what the updates might be. So if you check out our blog, the Friday recap, mm-hmm. the weekly recap has a quadrupus side yes. by side. Well, sadly, this one, the quadrupus update will definitely that's not hit update. by <laughs> October 17th. No, that's true. But... It will hit soon. (laughs) Um, We also have, uh, so we have the Humble Bundle, which just ended. By the time you're listening to this. Is it over now? Yeah, Yeah. so if you missed it, well, that sucks. It's over now. (laughs) Uh, We only tweeted about it like 100 times and talked about it in the last two podcasts. Every time this happens, though. Today, I bet you today we're gonna get a bunch of emails. People like, "Hey, I wanted to buy that humble bundle." Yeah, how do I? <laughs> I, I had want so your much source time. code, please. Yeah, we were laughing about it. We so we use, we do uh, t-shirt runs, and we do them from a local print shop called Tiny Little Monster, who are fantastic. And we can only do it for a limited time. So there's a three week window where shirts are are available, and we can like, just get you know orders throughout the three week period. And then as soon as like the moment the orders close. We just get a deluge of emails and tweets of people who are like, Hey, I'm about to order one of these shirts. Where's the, where's the link? I don't see. It's crazy. It's literally like a, it's like a quarter of whatever the total orders are after we're done. Yeah. We get that number of questions about how come they can't buy it. Which is a lot of what prompted (laughs) us to try to get a real merch store set up. Mm-hmm. Which Carol's been working on. Carol Merch. Carol Merch. Oh, <laughs> weird. Because my last name sounds like yeah. Merch. It's hilarious. That name is... jokes are hilarious. Oh, wow. So I, I think I think we should devote <laughs> a significant clear. portion of <laughs> of a future podcast to talking about what this process is. Like the once we actually process. have a, yeah, once we actually yeah. have this set up, because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who are like, how would you even do that yeah it's been it's been incredible to go through just the entire like start to finish and we haven't even finished yet but the research process and start to middle start to middle of (laughs) of getting because i mean how many people actually think about you know warehousing and shipping and all of that on their own versus hiring people to do it i don't know it's it's Mm -hmm. a really complex there's a lot to it yeah there's, there's a big reason why we haven't gotten it done up until now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's hard as hell to do. And we, we, we even reached out to a couple other studios just to see how they handle it. Because, you know, we identify all these people who are doing really cool things like Behemoth and like Clay and all these other studios. And it's really hard to find a good means to actually distribute mm-hmm. cool yep. stuff. So Plus all these people who we reach out to, they're so busy managing their merch shops. <laughs> you know, they don't have a lot of time to talk about it. No, so. it's true. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a big job. Yeah. Oh, and the last piece of news we have before we get into questions. Oh, it's very important. Is there was a spider in an envelope. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's get on. <laughs> I forget about this spider. Wait, what actually happened? Because all I know is I was here in in the room getting the the new podcast stuff set up, and all of a sudden Adam and Carol come running in, <laughs> come running in, and being like, "Look at this!" Well, the best part was it was like a check envelope. So there's, so a, there's a little hole. There's a little window. A win- an envelope with a plastic a, window on. Just it. a fucking huge spider <laughs> just chilling in the window, like a hanging out. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Carol and I were talking while everybody else was setting up the the room, and I, as I was talking, I just looked into the corner and just saw a giant spider hanging out there, and I was like, "Oh." I should just go catch this guy. I just happened to have that envelope on my desk, and it was the closest thing in hand. So I just sealed it up, trimmed the end off, popped it open, and then just stuck it on him. So he ran inside, and then I had a little spider. The in spider's like, "Oh, yeah. free envelope!" And he went, he went right, <laughs> he went right to the window, and just kind of that's where he wanted to be, <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> so, so you know, it was uh, look out. Yeah, yeah, last week we had I, it, either the same spider or a very similar spider. It was like it was this giant one. wolf spider thing. Yeah. And Andy and I were trying to capture it because Did you we don't succeed? believe in... Yeah, well, nice. sort of. We don't believe in murdering creatures here. So Andy was trying to capture it with a piece of paper and a cup and was like... Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ch- chased it into the bathroom like, what? where is it going? It's yeah, there was a lot of screaming. Yeah, was, it was yeah. just like... Ah! And we finally caught it and put it outside. But I wonder if he just found his way back inside. Probably did. Well, there may, there may have been another one because shortly after you guys caught the window, I didn't tell you guys this. Oh, no. Because, because we're podcasting right here. But <laughs> <laughs> after you guys, so I, came, I was like, oh, I got to set up. I got to set up the computer real quick to get the podcast stuff set up. So I run in here. I start typing stuff. All of a sudden, I feel like a little like brushy feeling <laughs> on my shoulder. And I look over and that a, a spider of same type and size <laughs> Just on hang, your shoulder? Just hanging out of my shoulder. I think it was like, it's the same one. It was, it was just, just kind of brushed, back just back. brushed it off, and then it was sitting on the floor. I was like, eh, he's fine. I just, let, <laughs> yeah. just let it wander off. It's like a parrot. Yeah. yeah. Did he talk to you? No, I didn't I didn't hear anything, but you know, I, I respect spiders because they they take care of uh, all the insects that mm-hmm. get into your house or you know, whatever. I do feel like though if if spiders parroted noises. They would just be screaming all the time, because <laughs> you know? yeah. that's what yeah, people that's usually do when they they find a spider. They're like, <laughs> so the spider would just kind of walk up and start doing that shit. Be like spider, or they, yeah. my house. or they would just be like really chilled out. They just be like sitting in their web, spider just being bro. like, "Hey, hey. what's up? Skin just chilling my web." <laughs> There's a spider in my a stairwell at my apartment that's just been ta- it's taken up residence between the windows. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought for a long time it's been dead because there's just this funnel of spider webs mm-hmm. that have built up inside this window, and there's always this giant spider in the same spot. So I just assumed it was dead. So today I was walking out to my car, and I just walk up to the window, and I take my key and I just tap in front of the spider, and I just go tink. It's like. <gasps> He <laughs> just like runs down and hides. I was like, okay, it's alive. And then I decided I had to name it. So I decided to name it Tink. And so now every day Ooh. I'm going to say goodbye to Tink. Are you going to scare like the shit out of me? No, Bye, now I know tink. that he's alive. Enjoy your gonna... horror. Yeah. Uh. I feel bad for scaring Tink. That's why I named Poor him. Poor Tink. Well, I want to point out that when Adam and Carol came in, they were just like, look at this. <laughs> It's all they said. No there was context. not like, hey, we caught my spider <laughs> envelope. So I was like, did someone mail us a fucking spider? <laughs> this is some really gross email. And it somehow survived the journey. It would be a pretty amazing that story. It would be impressive. Yeah. Well, well, if somebody mails you a spider, mail spiders. Is that, <laughs> if somebody mails you a spider, is that hate mail or, or love mail? Or is it fan mail? Yeah, I don't know. Or love mail. Or fang mail. Because somebody's or like, it, oh, 
Is it web mail? Okay, that's enough of that. Our pun game's on point. On All right, let's get on to some questions from humans. All right, uh, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. You can ask them with your Bscotch ID or anonymously. You get a sweet perk, though, if you get a Bscotch ID. And uh, I want to point out before we get started, actually, that uh, one of the guys who, or gals, I don't even know, who we answered a question about Humans. last week, I think, sent us a picture of, of a butterscotch beer that yes. they drank. Apparently, it was delicious. Was it? So it was too sweet. Was it like root beer or beer beer? I think root it was beer beer. beer, beer. beer. What? Okay. I beer. thought it was non-alcoholic. Uh, the they said that it was oh, more was like it? root beer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It said butterscotch beer on it. So yeah. It was like I thought they were just talking butter, about the flavor yeah. that it was like it had a root beer aroma. Oh. Too. Well, they said you should only have one a day because it was so sweet. Yeah. But I thought it was alcoholic, and if I have a beer, then I'm like good because I'm a lightweight and a half. Yeah. So that's just a good general rule. What a day. Because you got that baby liver. Alcohol in it. The baby liver. Primarily baby parts at this point. Okay, so first question of the week comes from (laughs) Kinataha, who asks, Kinataha. This week's discussion of your Don't Be a Jerk policy led me to thinking about your opinion of swearing within the community. You guys swear on the podcast, and I enjoy swearing. Fuck yeah. Do you usually read more hostility into comments with cussing? I think it depends on how the cussing is framed. Totally agree. Yeah, you should cuss with people, not at people. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah, I view, I view, because there's basically, there's two, two, probably two types of profanity. There's emphasis profanity, mm-hmm. right? We're like, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Which is sort of just like underlining the word amazing and putting it in bold. That's what that mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And then there's the other type where you use it and aim it at someone or something. Mm. Targeted profanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it becomes about a noun instead of just a, like a modifier, right? right. Does that seem fair? Well, let's just talk about it's the mostly about intent, though. Yeah. What do you guys think about yeah. the, just the role of cussing in general, as far as you know? I fucking love cussing. Speech. What does it do? What does it do for you? You know, it's it's a uh, it's like putting <laughs> HTML in your speech. You know, so you can put like bold around stuff and mm-hmm. yep. so on, but without requiring necessarily to use inflection to do it. Did you know that there's been some sex studies where drams can be like? Nonsense, but there have been studies <laughs> to show that uh, at least you said there have been sex studies. People, at least you said there's been some and not just one because. You know. People trust people more who swear. Hmm. Fuck. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Fuck. I, mean, I, okay. uh, I found that when giving talks or when teaching classes, like when I was a TA in college mm-hmm. and when I was teaching uh, in grad school, that one of my strategies was to always in my initial talk and who talk about who I am and what the class was about and so on would be just throw in some shits. Yeah. Right. Uh, because I just found that shit the moment there. that I did Seems- that, everybody kind of looked at each other a little bit. And then, You're like, all right, he's, and then cool. There was he's like, cool. He's one of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's fine. Kind of like you could just feel the room relax a bit, yeah. right? Because it, it kind of brought the the just the formality. temperature of the room down, right, and, and changed sure. the formality of it, which I I think is good. I, I generally agree. limit myself to dams and dams and shits when yeah. I'm giving a talk. Yep. You hell is a there. good one. It's not. I mean, hell, he- hell is like a. It's more like somewhere between a place and a swear word. Yeah. You know. And I use heck when it's yeah. almost like a funny. Heck is to me a funnier version of hell. Well, dang heck and crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I mean, good because you could swear, especially if you are swearing, and then you use the word heck. It's a. It has a comical edge to it. You know. Yeah. I think it's been. It's seeing a revisited popularity in modern culture heck. because people have started saying stuff like hecking instead of fucking. Hecking? Like this is my this is my hecking job. <laughs> you know, like, I haven't heard anybody say this. That's awesome. Mostly, though. it's youngsters that mm. I see say it. Mm. Youngins, we're so out of touch. Yeah, we're too old now. Them yeah. tweens, 
tweens. Heckin' tweens. <laughs> dang heckin' tweens. Yeah, but Crapping I think up my stuff. It's just fun to swear. And I think it also, uh, so we started swearing when we were, I don't know, young age. Yeah, same. We watched a lot of South Park. Well, yeah, we also we also had a conversation from our from our pappy. Oh yes, because he heard us he heard us slinging swear words around, but we didn't know what we were doing. And he was like, <laughs> and it was embar- it was embarrassing for him. And he was like, because he because he respects the swear, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, here's the deal: you can swear in the house, I don't care, whatever, but you need to know how to do it correctly. I think he said, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And so he talked to us about swearing etiquette. Mm-hmm. And when this is true, it's true. The, the circumstances where it's uh, you know where it's totally fine and nobody cares and whatever and it wasn't a it wasn't you know because a lot of kids are raised in this blanket policy of no swear never swear but yeah. of course they are going to and adults but, are allowed to swear it's somehow of, yeah mm-hmm. it's sort of an abstinence only swearing mm-hmm. education and it works just which as of poorly. course you know the kids are going to swear and we'll be honest you know? all the kids I knew who had that policy in their homes. They didn't, Terrible at swearing. They, they don't know how to do it at all. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, but, but in more vulgar ways. Yeah. Though, you know? Like in gross ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, would you stop? Like, you're bad at this. You need to practice. <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever taught me how to swear. <laughs> <laughs> nobody told me. Nobody guided me. I was uh, just left with just, my own Lord of the Flies <laughs> swearing they, device. They need to have a health class in school devoted yeah. to how to properly swear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, swearing yeah. needs to be taught in etiquette. It should be called needs swearing be- is caring. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a good just rule out there for parents. You know, mm-hmm. parents listening, if you have your kids, you know, when they turn Eight. five, six, <laughs> two, <laughs> three, you know, sit them down and, and have the have the talk yeah. about the ways of the world and how, <laughs> how to swear effectively and appropriately and the birds and the goddamn beast. And to use it, and, <laughs> and to use and to use it to affect positive change in the world, you know, and not to bring people down. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Be the profanity you want to see in the world. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You might notice, I, I, we, we never direct our swears at people. So our swears, they're all jovial or exasperatorial. Yeah. Is that a word? Exasperatorial. I use them in, as sort of modifiers of things that are directed at other people, like fucking idiot. Yeah, I would say that's little, not most. Like probably a little. <laughs> Adam, you just crossed the swear. Yeah. yeah, Adam, you broke it. You broke. It's funny though, you need to go back and practice. But the, but the bad part of that is actually just calling somebody an idiot. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's not the modifier. No, you're absolutely right. Well, but yeah. the fact that you may decided to make it in bold, <laughs> <laughs> it just like, drives yeah. it drives it's, home the point that you really think that person's an idiot. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay to say that about politicians, though. Basically, across the board. I mean, there probably are people about which that seems like a fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to backpedal out of this very quickly. <laughs> Our next question comes from um, Mirunin, who asks, Dear Scotch, do you currently have any games in the making that are anything near the scale of Crashlands? Oh, so God, no. I just want to touch base on this because we said we got a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. and kind of talk about what we're up to as far as game stuff and and that because we usually we give an update once every couple of weeks as far as what we're actually aiming to do and we pivot mm-hmm. all the time. So where we pivoted to this week, team. How much info do we want to put out? I mean, it's not really info because it's going to change probably another probably three weeks. Probably will change. Don't depend on it. Um, but it's interesting hearing about the thought process, I guess. Yeah. Well, so the reality is that Seth is essentially as the as the one uh, games programmer is currently completely bound up with all Crashlands stuff, finishing that. Mm-hmm. Porting stuff and 
some other secrets that we yeah, can His skill set is the one skill set we can't just like decide. Let's have less of that. Yeah. So that we can just move forward with something because that is the one thing that is just required. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm bottlenecking real good. Because yeah. yeah. we can right just now. be like, no, we'll just not put web stuff in the next game. And that way right. I don't even have to be involved and I'm not a bottleneck anymore. But there does uh, have to be some game programming in the next there game. There has to always yeah. be game programming. Yeah. So there's no no way to step back. So with that sort of fact established, we're set this locked out of doing new game stuff essentially for a while. Some Probably a few months at least. Yeah, right. especially as long as Sure is still catching mm-hmm. up to yep. speed. Mm-hmm. So while Shur's catching up to speed, um, we're going to turn around and basically put put the art and PR side of things to to bear on uh, Quadrupus. The original Quadrupus. The original. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is a big announcement. I don't want to say, well, I'm not, you know, it's one of our, one of our, this is what we're doing this week. Maybe we'll be doing some else. Yeah. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will qualify this statement with the fact that since I have joined the studio, we have pivoted, I think at least three or four times on major projects. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We have had. And that's slower than usual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I've only been here for three months now. Yeah. And, and it's, it is almost every two weeks we pivot major projects because something Something, you know, doesn't quite line up, especially with, you know, bottlenecking and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's what we're working on now. Yeah. And I think I think it's also fair to say that that we are in a very we're in uncharted territory as a studio, mm-hmm. which is we've never had a game out like Crashlands that so many people were playing and interested in that had the potential to come to new platforms and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where where it was worth putting the time into working on it post-launch. So our normal approach was put a game out, hear the crickets, and then be like, well, I guess we'll do the next <laughs> one, right? Um, and even even games that we put out that were received well still didn't perform well enough for us to justify putting you know more time into them, um, which is kind of a weird catch-22, that if a game doesn't do well, you can't put more time into it uh, to, to make, make it, it do, do well. better. Mm-hmm. Because right. most of the impact of the game is at launch, and if it doesn't really go anywhere on launch, then the amount of work required to try to sort of is recapture enormous. that is ridiculously huge. Because you yeah. also then don't have the big push from the launch, right? Mm-hmm. So unless you um, can somehow finagle a big push from a major update, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So because we, you know, we've we've grown the studio now. We have six people, and we're we're learning how to sort of manage that side of things. Um, working on the merch shop, we have all kinds of other stuff happening. Uh, and I'm still bottlenecked as the programmer for another few months, and I have been since January, yep. since yep. Crashlands came out. <laughs> and we're still working on the creator. Yeah, so we're also going through the motions of figuring out how do we, for example, apply Sam's art skills yeah, so to, I don't rust game, out to game projects game. when I'm so caught up in working on updates for Crashlands that Sam doesn't have any, th- any art to make. Mm-hmm. So what's the solution? To update old games. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, it's perfect because that's how we've been training Sure mm-hmm. is by letting him kind of dive into old projects and see how Seth has programmed things in the past and mm-hmm. help kind of walk him through the process mm-hmm. of updating things just without having any idea what's going on. So it, it really makes a lot of sense. And I think it's going to be really cool to see also to see Sure grow through the process of updating these old games and also see all the new art the art comparisons because it's gorgeous pretty stark yeah yeah so quadrupus the idea was originally to do sort of a small um content expansion mm-hmm. and just add some some new cool stuff for players to interact with i won't say more than that uh mm-hmm. but just there's just there we're looking at putting more stuff in, in quadrupus mm-hmm. 
And making it look nicer. Yeah. Um, and with that new stuff would come new art requirements. And so Sam was like, yeah, I can make, I can, I can bang that out. No problem. Uh, and so Sam started looking into all the existing art of Quadrupus. It's terrible. And <laughs> his eyes just popped out of his skull because of how much his art has improved and changed since then, which is good, I suppose. Yeah, yeah but you got good. a semi-permanent eye twitch from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's got the thousand-yard stare. So the problem now is adding new art to a, a three-and-a-half-year-old game with a new art style basically would put all the existing stuff in stark contrast with the mm -hmm. new stuff and it would look pretty bad. So why not just rebuild all of it? Why not? That's what I'm yeah, going to do. So that's the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the plan is big big art overhaul plus uh plus the content updates. And the reasoning for this is that I think the important thing to understand is that since cuz I as much as Seth has been bottlenecked on doing just uh essentially Crashlands programming since January, I actually haven't done a lot of art since last October-ish, when the game was essentially when, when finished. we started beta for Crashlands. Um, and that's a problem, because, of course, if we want our next games to grow and to sell better and stuff, they just need to look better. And yep. if I'm rusting out, you know, if I go essentially a year without going really full-time on some art stuff, uh, it's problematic. So it'll be a, it'll be an interesting thing, and also an just an interesting ex experiment to see what we can do as far as, you know, like updating a game in a big way, and mm -hmm. if that's worth it at all because yeah. it will be a big update so it'll be yeah and i'm mostly excited about um the new visuals on the warp sphincters <laughs> <laughs> you almost yeah. made sense i was shot coffee on the face <laughs> we had somebody one of our players called it out the womb stairs yeah whatever it is is pretty gross and I mean, it'll probably just be grosser well yeah that's yeah, what i'm excited about because okay, yeah. the existing one is is gross in concept but, but you know, it doesn't like the art doesn't capture how disgusting it's in, it like, is. Like that uncanny valley grossness. It's like a it's really shiny cat anus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you stand on and then get sucked into. And yeah. <laughs> reappear. Work, the entire, reappear 10 meters lower. Yeah. The entire first couple of hours when I played Quadrupus, I just jumped off the edges because I didn't want to go into it. It's kind of funny that if you fall off the edge, like in both cases, you just end up in the same spot, and like conceptually, the, the sphincter is just a hole in the floor. Yeah, but but when you go into the warp sphincter, you pop up out of the next warp Ooh, sphincter, okay. right? Mm. And so that's why you don't <laughs> take you? fall damage. Is yeah. that how that works? You know, yeah, when you go down the sphincter, you don't fall to the next level. You pop out of. What the, are the mechanics of that topologically? Because you're a, on one works. layer above. You well, no, go it's a it's in. a. You're missing the key word, which is it's a warp sphincter. Okay, right. It's not just a sphincter. <laughs> it's a warp. Sphincter. It's a warp sphincter. Well, yeah. it connects through all of the very complicated large intestines of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then it warps you <laughs> <laughs> to your to the level. What we could do is maybe we could do it like a like a ovipositor animation. Where so it kind of goes, goes, <laughs> goes <laughs> like, shoots you into the Ooh. Ooh, that would be beautiful. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I yeah, do the sound you can do the sound right? effects. <laughs> and it would be even better if, for some reason, like some kind of goo oh. dripped out of it, even oh. though it's under the ocean. Wait, oh. let's talk about disgusting sound effects. It's like last week, I got super sick. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I got really sick randomly on Thursday night, um, as happens on occasion because of this immune system or something. I don't know. Yeah, after the bee scotch big day of fun, it just was so fun that you couldn't even it was handle so it. So fun, I had to just vomit all over the place. Wait, <laughs> so did this happen after you digested your one pound steak? Because, yeah, the steak got through. Okay, good, because that'd be a waste of steak. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it was. I was actually laughing. I shouldn't say this, but I was telling Diane, I was like, it "Doesn't taste bad." Coming up a second time, the steak is so good. <laughs> She's like, "This is disgusting." Um, yeah, so I, I threw up a ton. And uh, and my my vomit skill 
I'm just going to call it that. My vomit skill has, has sort of increased. You it's like I'm a up. master level vomiter at this point because of all the chemo stuff. So you're like a yeah, journeyman vomiter. I, I was before. Oh, now you're you an know? artisan. I'm an artisan. <laughs> artisan vomiter. So it's like a, I mean, it's like a real powerful sort of fire blast hose situation now. Like my body's just like, here we're going. It's go time. <laughs> Everything lines up. Boom. And so oh, like a cannon, I was, uh, Do you even have a, the additional heaves afterwards or is it just one, like one big heave, get it all out. You're just done. I mean, it's usually a couple heaves, it's and, but have you, like, and have you also developed <laughs> some kind of like posture yeah, that allows for posture. maximum. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like where you the, uh, turn your torso it, into a cannon. What is it? That yoga cat pose. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like. The screeching cat pose. Where you're, screeching cat. Or yeah, that dance move really where your back does those like weird arch. Yeah, that's thing. pretty much what it is. You got to work it out. <laughs> so, so anyways, I've, I've, I've assumed the your, position. All fours just like arch. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. Up and down. All fours, arch back. I'm drawing this just so that I can remember this just, forever. Just ready to go. And, uh, <laughs> and so I start throwing up and... Because I've done it so many times now, it doesn't really bother me anymore that I'm doing it. It's just a thing you do. It's just a thing to do. So I'm actually, when I'm throwing up, I'm actually just thinking about other stuff. <laughs> <It's just> so, <laughs> so, so I'm throwing up, and the, and the uh, <laughs> so the vomiting now has <laughs> has screaming <laughs> in it. So so I'm throwing up and screaming. <laughs> And it, or screaming or yelling or which I mean like what's well I guess what's the difference between screaming I think screaming is like the more high pitched shrill shri- yeah shrill kind okay of it's more of a yell like a, like a barbarian <laughs> yes leap attack. throwing up Ma! yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more like that but the crazy thing because it's like broken up by you know this this vomit the fluids it sounds like really kind of incredible as far as the general sound effect goes. just the acoustics of yeah it. So, but I was well, you're so, also doing it into a bowl that's yeah. Nice, a nice echo chamber. Got, sound know, the, back up. The body heaving situation going on. So, um, so yeah, I've been throwing up, and I realized that this sound is just good. And I need Patrick. <laughs> I don't know how to do this, but I need Fat Bard <laughs> to, to capture like, this. Somehow captures because it would be such a good noise. And for this overpositor <laughs> idea, I mean, <laughs> like, oh, oh, my God. you know, just <laughs> if it scream vomited scream you. Vomit. <laughs> Anyways. Can we just like can we just feed you another pound and a half of steak? You know, I'm willing to take the hit for the team. <laughs> we can get Patrick over here for a day. We can dose uh, it with some ipecac. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fat fat bard thought that we were putting him through some shit with our audio setup. Wait till he's recording you scream vomiting <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> He'd probably be like, these acoustics in here are terrible. <laughs> Bowls. He's like, hold on. Can you stop volume for a second? Oh, I got to put some sound panels. <laughs> this, is just, just, this is horrible. All right. Anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> next question comes from Nichir New, who asks, do you know insider information about Brace for Impact, the documentary that's being made following the development of Crashlands? Will it ever be released? What do we know? We do not know we can't say. insider information. <laughs> yeah, we if we did, we wouldn't tell you. Jeez. Yeah, we can't Gosh. tell you insider information. Because that's illegal to trade on. It is being made. I guess that's, that's just the point I want to It's currently do. being made, and it, it will come seems out. as though it will, in fact, ever be released. Yes. <laughs> There's uh. your answers. Cool. All right. All right. So next question. Or I guess this is more of a statement, but this is hysterical. This comes from Cold Squid, <laughs> who actually met us at PAX. 
who says, Dearest Beescotch, I have a confession to make. When I met you at PAX, you gave me a pin and some candy for playing the demo. I did not know that I find the taste of butterscotch candy absolutely revolting. So I tried to hide my disgust while talking to you. Okay, so I actually have a counterpoint to this, which is I know who this person was. And I'm pretty sure they put the pin in their mouth, not the butterscotch. Well, that's the problem. (laughs) This butterscotch candy is sharp. It tastes like enamel. Yeah. Um, So, you know, next time just... Try the butterscotch. I guess maybe it's our fault for handing out two hard objects and being like, <laughs> put one of these in your mouth while it's we distract you. One of these is edible. One of what them what is if, not. What, what if them the is his we gave out actually just looked like butterscotch candies? Oh. <laughs> and we also gave out butterscotch yeah. candies. Oh, that's a good that idea. It looked like pins. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be like. You want a pin-shaped butterscotch or a butterscotch-shaped pin? <laughs> what? We what? got both. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Security Risk, which is an interesting question to ask the following, uh, or interesting person to ask the following. How do you guys manage multiple people working on the same project, and do you ever run into merge conflicts between the team? Is this talking about, is this a, a metaphor using computer speak for personal Do you run into merge conflicts? conflicts <laughs> mm. Where we're trying to merge opinions? Well, so yes. for, for non-programmers, what a merge conflict is, is if you have multiple people working on the same code independently of each other, at some point, that code has to be put together for mm-hmm. the thing to work. Or right? merged in or common parlance. Merged. It's like getting, it's like when you go on the highway. Yep. There's and highway. sometimes when code is merged together, the computer's like, wait a minute, you both changed the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about this. Mm-hmm. And that's a merge conflict. And then you need... Conflict resolution. Yeah, that's when two people are driving the same speed. One person is on the entrance ramp and one yeah. person is in the right lane. And they won't and they fucking won't move. move. Yeah. 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 Fuckers. Yeah. And then you just drive on the shoulder for six miles. Yeah. Those are <laughs> another group of people we're allowed to cuss at. Is cars. Drivers. Without- everybody's. I think that's like. Every, it is fair. Swears at drivers. Yeah, right? it is fair to say to everybody. Everybody. Who drives a car? Who drives oh, a car is an idiot. Before, <laughs> before including we all of us, finish answering this uh, merging thing. The was it not not the FDA? That's a food drug. The FBA. The, what are you getting at here? There were the resolutions were passed down for um, sort of guidelines for automated travel yesterday. Wow. Oh yeah. Were they like? It's not a thing. No, they were it. all about it. They were like, oh, yeah. good. They're like, it's likely that he, that non-human driving. Traffic is going to be safer for humans. Well, duh. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> yeah. so pumped. Well, I was, I can't remember, driving. We, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I'm just baffled at the idea, because, you know, Google has been, they've been doing their self-driving cars as mm-hmm. prototypes, and those cars have, uh, how many miles driven? Like over a million yeah, miles? Over a million. With like two accidents. Caused well, by other human drivers. Yeah, one one of which was when a human was actually driving the self-driving yeah. car in a parking lot to, like, move it somewhere or something. <laughs> yep. And, That's incredible. And so that, that safety record is fucking ludicrous. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And people go... It's almost like airline, yeah. you know, level safety. And, I mean, I have, I in yeah. my life, I've driven probably a couple hundred thousand miles sure. at this point. Mm-hmm. And I have had multiple cars completely destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking... How's how much safer? Because like this is already way safer than a person. Mm-hmm. How much safer than a person does it have to be before everybody's on board with the idea? Yeah. I think it, well, it's also one of those things where it's because uh, it, 
people like people. Some people do like driving cars, or at least like the sort of the independence factor of you know hopping behind the wheel and being in control of a vehicle. Yeah, and then crashing. Well, yeah, but yeah. so the thing is, like people people are very scared of airplane crashes. I think for one of these mm-hmm. the same sort of reason, which is that you're completely not you're a passenger. You are a passenger, and so if the plane is crashing, there's nothing you could do, right? Yeah, and I think that's the the one sort of scary thing about the car situation is that it while it removes you know player agency essentially um it sort of it makes you feel like you've lost some control over the situation so if anything bad does happen then you're there's a further problem with with self-driving and manual combo which is the more the more automated driving there is the less practice you have with real driving yeah. mm-hmm. and so when you get into a situation where you may take control of the wheel Probably shouldn't. You will do the wrong thing. Yeah. And it's actually the case that... Um, but it's also true that almost people don't get into accidents enough to be practiced at avoiding them. That is true. Them, right? Yeah. So even without that... So you're saying we're in this The sort moment of- you want to come in to f- is to fix a problem, but you don't know how to fix problems anyway, even if you were driving. Home. Yeah. But so it, it is the case that a lot of airline crashes mm-hmm. um, result from basically instrument failures yep. where the pilots did not have... Because they've been spending most of their time in fully automated flight um, then, and because maybe they haven't been keeping up with their simulations or whatever uh, they take over where the autopilot stops working, they take over and then they just do the wrong thing mm-hmm. and the plane just crashes. There's an interesting book so, on this called uh, the glass cage, Yep, which talks about automation and AI and, and the, the slightly darker side of a variety of these things. But I think personally, I think that cars in particular, I'm totally down still better overall, not being my problem. Yeah. Or anybody's problem. And because yeah. a computer can't get drunk. That is true. So yeah. that alone yeah. will save how many tens of thousands of lives oh every too year? Too many, probably. Many. Yeah. Just too many. Yeah. All right, anyways, back to this whole merge conflict situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So Adam had a good point, which is uh, merge conflicts in real life. Yeah. Interper- <laughs> you know? Interpersonal merge conflicts. That's an interesting way to think about it. You know, yeah. you and I are on different branches, and now we've got to shove our... Branches. Now we're on the yeah. same Together. branch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on the same typically, branch. typically for computers, we use Git to yeah. answer the actual question. Yeah. We use yeah. Git and we just look at it and we say, this is the change that we want it to be there. This is a change that's sort of in that, that realm. And if there's a way for us to actually manually merge those things together, then cool. Or if we want to throw one of them out and use the one that was written, mm-hmm. then Then cool. you're good. Then yeah. we're good. Yeah. And for us, it's, it's easy because any given project we're working on is is at most two or three people working on it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to merge conflicts, they're pretty straightforward to, to fix almost all of the time. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't know, you can just look at that person and be like, Hey, can I delete this? And they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Boom. Merge conflict. <laughs> but I think resolved. bringing this to the metaphor of interpersonal conflicts though, it actually comes out about the same. Yeah. When you've got one, yeah. a small team, hmm. everyone kind of, you know, we're all sort of on the same path because we're all, humans right so we got kind of the same baseline stuff but then we're off on our own little branches doing our own thing and every once in a while when it comes to certain things we have to deal with they need we need to have a merge conflict you know hmm. have a resolution conflict resolution conflict resolution Interesting. Merge uh, conflict resolution. yep and so and this is usually what in, t- in terms of things like how do we choose the next pivot for the direction of the company as carol noted we do once every time. other week or so yeah. right we, we pivot the direction of the company or try to decide whether something is valuable uh to us or to the company or to us as people or whatever, right? This and, is fucking uh, blowing my mind right now. The idea that basically <laughs> every person is basically just like a, a set of information 
on a branch. Mm-hmm. And then when they both end up in the same place or trying to do the same thing, yeah, they're coming merge. at they're coming mm-hmm. at it with lines of code that don't match for the yep. same for the same process. And the only yeah. way to resolve those conflicts in the same way as a git conflict is either you talk to each other and be like, how do we make both of these happen? Or one of us has to delete one gets our to lines. Get thrown away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> that's how bad relationships happen. Yeah. Which yeah. when you have to delete, somebody has to delete their branch in order to favor the uh, original branch. No, if you have like a terrible idea, yeah, yeah. For example, if you choose, right? if you choose the bad one and delete the good yeah. one, then yeah, that's or how if someone's like, my branch is the branch. Yeah, right. You that's got, how the bad you got to merge into this. I worked so hard for this branch. I don't give a shit about your right. branch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, I the best one though is a combo <laughs> of Fuck. two where you basically end up sort of pair programming. Your conflict Ooh. resolution, right? Yeah, pair so programming that, is that's a, that's a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. then you come up then with <laughs> you basically you identify all the conflicts and then you start working through them and coming up with some sort of solution. Gets in the middle, you're throwing out some pieces, keeping others, developing new ones until you end up where you actually want the thing to be. Wow, this uh, well, guys, we did it. Yeah, yeah that's a. But the only way to do it though, in the same way with a Git conflict, is that you need to just look at the thing and decide which one of these are actually useful and productive and valuable, right? And object, try to be objective, objective about it. And yeah. if you're just like, Instead of being like, I love the fuck out of my code. Even I wrote it this, work, so it's yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then in the same way, if you have an opinion that you love, but it's just a bad opinion, right? Or if you have a belief about something that's just not true, you have to be willing to say, willing I to, was wrong about it because no, you, it's you have to say false. that. You just say like, oh, okay, let's go with this other one instead. Well, and also be able to comment your code, you yeah. know, being able to explain mm-hmm. why it is you feel yep. a certain way yep. and be able to <laughs> communicate to others why it is you feel a certain way. crushing the metaphor game right now. Comment mm-hmm. comment when you commit. Yep. To, yep. You know, commit to something. And they call it commits, dude. Yeah. <laughs> commit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what's Whoa. really interesting that we do here that I've really appreciated is that we don't shy away from taking time away from productive, quote unquote, work to have conversations about stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we're frequently in our break area, huddled around the whiteboard, chatting about the future of the company or a certain situation that's going on, things like that. And I think that 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 open level of communication is really, really important for merge conflicts. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases, people will try to merge their conflicts without having an extended discussion and somebody winds up feeling like the branch got thrown away. Well, because because what it actually is, is that is because if you don't do that, you just aren't merging. Right. Like everybody's just on a different branch. Working on their own code, but also doing their in the own same shit. way with with because the the whole purpose of a merge conflict is that you're creating one product, right? Right, and so it's not about who said what or who did what or who wrote what code. It's about making sure all the code works together to get that product to work. And so that should also be true in any kind of human relationship. It's a mind meld of code, it's a mind meld of some sort. Holy um, shit, you guys! Guys, this is a great metaphor. Yeah, oh, right. I mean, coffee's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that's just a side note. We really need to get some better coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, next question. That so cool. I wanted to, cool, 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 cool. I wanted to hit this one <laughs> since the humble bundle just finished, and now, uh, how many hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people? Dude, they sold forty-seven billion copies. All right, so forty-seven billion people <laughs> now have our source First code. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Fascinator asks, nerdy question alert: Are there any common coding frameworks you put in every game maker project that you leverage? And when coding via GML, do you tightly couple most things or leverage some sort of bubbling event system? I don't know what I don't means. know what either of those things mean, huh. but tightly coupled would be a very accurate description of our game. Okay. Coding, which means yeah. that if we change anything, we probably fuck up everything else. 
Yeah, so well, a bad approach. So well, not the best in approach. particular in those jam games, yes, which were made very quickly mm. and slapped together. Ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, things have gotten better since, <laughs> but the we do have a, a certain frame. I guess you can call it a framework. Uh, which is we always have the same set of rooms, which is like we have an initializer room, which sets everything up. We have a main menu room, which mm-hmm. is where, you know, the main menu, menu is. is. <laughs> um, that'll yeah. take, you to, some, that'll take you to some settings and stuff like that. Um, and then most of our games just have one other room, which is just called gameplay. <laughs> and there's a single object in that room called controller. And that object just through code spawns everything. The entire world, the characters, the camera, so sets everything all the up. Yeah. Um, and so even in Crashlands, like if you go into the rooms in Crashlands, every room is just like a black void with a single object inside of it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, we don't have a huge code meta. base through Bscotch ID. <laughs> yeah. Bscotch ID has a, a whole ton of convenience functions and all kinds of other stuff. And whenever we merge Bscotch ID into a game project, all of that code comes with it. So, yeah. we do have a lot of shared code. So, can you give any pro tips for people who bought the bundle as far as navigating all of your nonsense? Yeah, I'd say don't even bother looking in the rooms. It's all in code. So just look at the controller. Start looking at the controller and then use that to figure out where to go. Cool. And the other thing is if you're trying to navigate our source code, then use control shift F because that shit is amazing. Mm. Control shift F is how you can basically just look up uh, the names of functions or variables or whatever. And it scans through all the code in game maker, in game maker. Yeah. And it'll find the exact thing that you need and it'll show you all the places it was used and how it was used and whatever. So that's a really good way to sort of figure out how the code works. So there you go. Cool. Technical question answered from the horse's mouth. That's who you calling? (laughs) Who you calling a horse? All right, uh, final question of the day, and this is touching on a bit of an industry thing that happened. Um, Chris Metzen, who's the guy who did a lot of the narrative development and world development for Blizzard over the last 20 years? Yep. Uh, he just retired. He's last 46. Week. Yeah. So Alan Falcon said, share a Chris Metzen story. I don't know if I know any Chris Metzen stories. I know but- a story about Chris Metzen. Okay. I don't know how true this is, but mm-hmm. it made me be like, wow, he knows what the fuck he's doing which is when they first started working on World of Warcraft, I think it was in two, like 1999, 2000 in that area, um, they were really struggling to come up with um, just like the general feel for the world and the stories and the characters and everything. And the lore was very fragmented because they had made a bunch of strategy games and stuff. And those weren't huge storytelling vehicles. They just kind of like, they had stories in them, but it was all over the place. And so uh, as the story goes... He saw that everybody was kind of struggling with this. And so he went out and got a bunch of buckets of paint and he came into the office and just painted the map of the world on the wall. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, there, this is where, this is where everything is happening. Right. And so once that map was there and the reason he painted it on the wall is because it was like, it needs to be just visible all the time to remind everybody that this is the world that we're building. Place. This is where everything is. Um, and that literally is exactly the map that was used in the game. Hmm. Just like as, as painted that very first time, uh, which is super cool. And I think that shows a lot of insight as to, you know, giving things like a concrete place and sense of like where they exist um, really helps for world building. Well, establishing kind constraints, of right? Yep. Cause it gives you a place to build within. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big thing that it does, but it also then provides 
the initial set of constraints to work within yep. so that you don't have sort of, it's the blessing and the curse of it having infinite options at your disposal. Yeah. The the blurs. Blurs. And so I don't know if that story is true. But it is a good story. But it's, it's a, good, a good one. And if it was true, it wouldn't surprise me. So, you good know. Job. Good job, Chris. There you go. Yeah. That's all I know. Thank you cool. for your contribution to narrative yeah. and games. And for being the voice of Thrall. <laughs> pretty cool. Good. He does a lot of the voice. He did a lot of the voiceovers in the Warcraft series. That's cool. He's got like a gravelly rumble voice, which I don't know what they're going to do without him. All the characters are going to have much higher pitched voices. <laughs> if you imagine the next, oh, the next huge orc war here and be like, hey guys, hey guys, what's going on? We got this problem over here. Uh, I'm an orc. Speaking of weird voices, Seth, I thought you'd appreciate this. Last night I was reading the D&D manual and I just started making that horrible voice that you hate. Oh God, no. the baby thing. <laughs> oh, kill it. And I just started making, I just started making weird sounds with it. And my cat looked really freaked out. Yeah. I just just kept making like weird, nonsensical sounds. Your cat was was she frantically scratching at the door trying to get through the house? No, but her ears went back. She was just like looking at me really freaked out. And it, I just couldn't stop laughing at myself. Every time I would make a sound, I would just start laughing uncontrollably and then I would make more of the sound and then I would laugh Wait, more. When we do D&D, can your do character not have do that? No, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing. I'm not playing if that's... I'm not either. I'm going to leave. I'm out. I'm going to murder your character and leave. I love the, those like those gifts where some animal gets freaked out by something and just fucking bolts, you know? <laughs> that's what I will be like. Aw. Fuck this, I'm out. Jumping off a cliff or something. Uh, All right, well, that's it. That's it for this week's episode of Coffee with Butterscotch. Thank you all for listening. And if you, you know, like what you hear, share this around. Subscribe. Subscribe. Do the thing on the iTunes, on the Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever. Rate us. Give us us the thumbs Thumbs ups. Or stars, whatever. Tell your barber. Tell your masseuse. Tell Tell your golf caddy. Yeah. (laughs) Tell your cat. Tell your grandma. What kind of life are you envisioning (laughs) our people You guys got a golf caddy, People right? who hang out with barbers, caddies, and masseuses <laughs> at the same time. And these are just friends of theirs, not like their yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah, of course. But they sometimes use their services just to support their independent well, enterprises. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.